right. Are y'all ready to overcome? You say, well, I already have, Pastor. I got saved. But how come you hadn't taken the next step? Why do people who get saved fall away? Why do we not take the next step? Why do we run from the battle? Or what sets us off that we fail or that we fall? See, we're all in a battle. And we all have to fight the good fight of faith. And so we're going to deal with that today. Because see, here's where the battle's at right now. Because our, 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 our weapons are not carnal. They're not flesh and blood, but spiritual. And here's the battle. Right here. In your solical man. And we're going to talk about that battle a little bit today. And maybe a little bit different way. But you have got to live in the Word of God. That's the only thing that will change your mind. Because you know what? How you was raised, you know, we all make those vows. I'll never act like my mama. And guess what? You act like your mama. I'll never act like my daddy. And guess what? You act just like your daddy did. Why is that? Because we're a product of, of the environment we were raised in. And the only thing that will change our mind is the Word of God. I love my grandma, but my grandma wasn't doctrine. Doc, her doctrine was a little bit messed up. Let's check ours today. Let's check our doctrine. Make sure that we're, we're believing God and, and, and thinking and doing what's right and knowing what's right. And so uh, if you got your notes, if you need notes, wave at me. Wave at the ushers. I'll bring you notes. We're going to talk about renewing our soul, our solical man. We're going to go a little bit deep in into what is your soul, what is your spirit, what, what, you know, you have a body. We look around, I see all the bodies in here, and you can see my body walking around, and my, you know, and, and we all have a body, but without a, a spirit, you wouldn't be, your body won't live. They can keep you alive, but you got to have a spirit, and you guess what? You have a solical man, and we'll try to break it down a little bit for you, uh, you know, we just got to, we, we, why do people, so I'm going to go back just for a second. Why do people quit God for years and then come back or, or weeks or months or minutes? We all do it. You know, you, you have a fit of carnality, as somebody said. You just get in the flesh and just have a, you know, you're not doing what God said. And so we have to do what God said. And why do people do that? Because they follow what they think. They follow what they think. They follow what they want. They follow what they feel. And so we have to be careful to follow what God says, not what we think, not what Grandma thought. Man, I had a woman came up to me, and she was uh, raised in one of those Christian denominations where you couldn't wear makeup, couldn't cut your hair, got to have long dress, no jewelry. And, and she broke out of that and hadn't been back to church since because that kind of bondage breeds rebellion. But yet, she wanted to tell me that my church wasn't right because the women wore pants, they wear makeup, and they cut their hair. And I'm like, you ran from that. You couldn't do it. You ran from that. There was no grace in that, no mercy in that, and you couldn't walk in that, and you want to tell me that I'm supposed to put that on people. I think that's the way it ought to be. Well, you're thinking wrong. That's wrong thinking. Come on. And so, you know, the bondages that we grew up in, we got to break them off. We got to get free. We got to get free. God wants us to be free, and he wants us free. But following what our soul wants will get us in trouble. 
Let's look at Genesis 2, 7 real quick. I'm going to show you the differences here, and it's all through the Bible, that you're a three-part being. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. And God formed man. If you'll read it with me, look at it up there on the screen. He formed man from the dust of the ground. He made his body from the dust of the ground. You have a body. And he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. Made man a spirit. And then the man became a living being or had a living soul. So you're a, you're a, you, have a, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Remember that Jesus told the story about the rich man and Lazarus. And they both died. The rich man uh, died living in the rich house. Lazarus li lived out back, fought the dogs for the scraps that he had to eat. They both died. The rich man went to hell because he did not, not because he was rich, because he did not serve God. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom because he served God even though he was poor. Their bodies were both buried. But yet the conversation begins, they're still talking in hell and in paradise. What is that about? Because their spirits are there. But yet you see their souls working because the rich man said, send Lazarus back. They'll know him and send him back to my brother's. Out of his soul command, he remembers his brothers. They living just like I live. And they're going to come down to this place of torment. And I don't want them to come here. And Abraham said, hey, they got the word, the law, and the prophets and the preachers. Let them hear them. This is the way God set it up, that we should live by the word and hear what people proclaim the word to be. Amen? And what we have to discern if somebody's trying to put us something on us that we're not supposed to have or not. And so we look at these things, and there's a breakdown. And so God created us as a spirit to relate to him. Now, your spirit, man, is what God talks to and what God relates to. And then, then you have a solical man that you can communicate with God, but also the people. And then you have a body that you can relate to the earth. You Look at that mountain. You can go climb that mountain. Look at that trail. You can go walk that trail. Look at that river. You can go fish that river. And so you, you, that's why God gave you all these things. And they're to relate to him, his creation, his people, and him. But your spirit, man, is what you've got to develop, learn to develop to relate to God. Uh, without being born again, guess what? Is anybody, can anybody quote John 10, 10? The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and that more abundantly, right? Abundant life. And that's what we, we hang our hat on. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life, period. If you're not saved, you don't have life. The life that you need and that you, we, we got to have is life in Jesus. Jesus said, I come to give you life, a new life, a new way of thinking, a new way of talking, a new way of living, life. Isn't that good? Okay, just seeing if you'll wait. Say, I want that life. Because you can be saved and still turn your back on the life that Jesus wants you to have. Instead of taking the step up, you can go, well, you know what? This ain't working, so I'm going to step down 
and just kind of go live over here and do what I want to do, what I think, what I feel. Man, the 10 worst words is I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to do what I want to do. Christian, you can't do that. That leads to trouble. And I have heard Christians tell me that. Well, you know what? I know that's all true, Pastor Brett, but I just want to do what I want to do. And I don't know if that's 10 words or not. I tried to count them. I can't remember. And I probably said it in a different way. Because some of y'all are going. Forget it. (laughs) So we should only care about what God wants. What is God's will for our life? Let me tell you, when you step into God's will, it becomes the funnest life that you can imagine. We look and we compare ourselves and I want to be like them or I want to be like them or if I had that or if I could sing, if I could play the guitar like Caleb or like, uh, oh, you know, and and we compare. Why don't you be who God called you to be and just have some fun with it? But how about, you know, this battle that goes on in here, Tim, you know, spoke to those people. How many of y'all have ever had trouble speaking to somebody? You're just trying to get out of the way. That's your mind. They, they, they're just like you. You know, one of the things that when I played sports and we were a small school, when I say small school, it was, you don't even know. My daughter graduated with 400 and something and they had more in their graduating class than we had in our school. We had 356 K through 12. But what I learned is that we stepped on the court. They were no better than we were. Even though we came from a small school and we didn't have this and didn't have that, doesn't matter. And you look at people that are this, that, and the other, it doesn't matter. You've got the same abilities and skills. What stops you is right here. I, I, I can't do that. And even people who are walking in their calling, they can fall away because they lose their focus on Jesus and get overwhelmed with it or they just get weary in well-doing and they stop. And quit. But the Bible says in due season you'll reap. Keep pushing forward. Come on, keep pressing towards. Keep keep seeking. Keep keep going in. So let's go to number one. Y'all ready for number one? Your soul is selfish. Let's just talk about it a little bit. Your soul wants to do what it wants to do. When you came into this world... Your spirit man needed to be born again. And so how many of y'all got saved in your 20s? Okay. How about in your 30s? Anybody? Got one? That's all right. There's some over there. And I, I'm going to pick on y'all just for a second. That's why we need our children saved. They need to be hearing the voice of God at an early age. Because guess what? The people who get saved in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, They've been living however they thought it was right, and it's hard to change. But even even us who were saved at eight, we weren't taught this, and we lived however we wanted to live, and and we had to break those old habits too. I mean, I got saved at eight, but I pick up some habits from my grandfather, and I'm like, when I found out what those words meant, I'm like, I can't say that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you pick up words at school and this and that and the other. My kids said... I said, what's the biggest difference between elementary and junior high? They go, the cussing. People trying to cuss. It don't even fit in the sentence, but they're trying to cuss to be cool. You know you have to train yourself to cuss. 
You don't have to train yourself to smoke. You have to train yourself to dip. You have to train yourself. Oh, don't look at me like that. You, the first cigarette you took, you turned green, and you're going, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> Tears running down your eyes. I'm cool. <laughs> don't, don't think it's hard. You have to train your body to accept it, and you have to train, you have to train your mind. I want to do this. I told the story of me dipping snuff. A buddy of mine said, I want to try that. I said, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. Yes, I do. And no, you don't. And so we argued. So I gave him some. And he's just three minutes. I told you you didn't. Anyway, golly, I get off on that. We came into this world. Our spirit was dead. Always. You've always lived by your soul, good or bad. And it's time to change our mindset. Did you know your mind is the greatest computer that's ever been invented? Come on. I know a little bit about computers, not much. But, you know, you can up your RAM and this and that and the other, and you get more memory, you know what I'm talking about, and you can store more stuff. You can store as much as a computer or more in your brain. And some people have access to different parts of their brain. Anybody ever read a Webster's Dictionary? I heard a story of a man who could take, open up the Webster's Dictionary, and he could scan it. Two pages, close it and quote every bit of it to you. He had a photographic memory. But how about Mr. Webster himself? Mr. Webster himself could quote two-thirds of the New Testament. He just start, he could start just quoting, quoting the New Testament. And I know y'all say it. I know. Don't, don't lie to me and say, well, I just can't remember the Bible like that. Yes, you can. How many songs do you know? From you get a line to I get a pole to happy birthday to to, you know, whatever it is, you know a thousand songs, you just not have put your heart to it and your mind to it, to the Word of God. That's why I said, does anybody know John 10, 10? only five of us. Everybody needs to know John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. The thief comes to kill you, not Jesus and not God. Get that out of your head. Well, the Lord must have done this to me. Ah. Wrong answer. No, the devil told you that so he can keep doing it to you. He wants to keep you bound. He's trying to work up here to bind you up. He's trying to kill you. Okay. So, back just for a second. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, God said, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. And when the devil come to twist the word, make it with half-truths, you will not die, but you will become as God. They died spiritually. That's why we're born spiritually dead. And we have to be born again, and we have to renew our mind. Sometimes people get born again, and they get delivered. I've seen people delivered instantly from alcohol and go right into the bar. I knew this guy that got saved, and he, he had bought everybody a beer just about every Wednesday and he got saved on Thursday and on Friday. He's in there to everybody he bought a beer. He said, man, I just got saved. I just give my heart to Jesus. You need to give your heart to God. Gary Slimp was telling me a missionary went to Arkansas. And he said and he was taking a, a break. He'd been in Haiti. And he goes to every bar witnessing. And he come back and told the church, said, these people aren't. Uh, he goes, they're all saved. They're just backslidden. All of them been raised in church. He goes, I need to take, them to, take y'all to Haiti and show y'all somebody that's unchurched. There, there, you know, the, it, Haiti is full of demonic stuff and witchcraft. So, so 
Our soul is selfish, and we have to turn. What what do we got to do? We have to turn our thinking. Anybody ever walked in a room other than me and you look, have you ever been here before? Seems like I've been here before. Your mind's going through, yep, you've been in 120 rooms like this. Or have I met that person before? Have I ever met you before? And then your mind goes, well, you've met, you know, 300 people like him, but six of them were mean to you, and now I don't like him. And I have never met him, but I don't like him because he looks like somebody that was mean to me when I was eight years old. Isn't that how your mind works? But your mind has to be renewed. Because you already prejudge somebody by how they smell, how they look, or what their, their facial inspection. Man, they just had bad pizzas while they made an ugly face at you. It's not you. You see how your mind can just run and go on. Has anybody ever been up all night like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Be still, mind. We're going to serve the Lord God. And he's got this. See, your mind, it's an enemy, and it goes on and on and on and on and on, and you've got to learn to turn it off. You know, until you learn how to turn it off, get you some earplugs and put the Bible in your ears, and I guarantee you go to sleep. The devil ain't going to let you stay up and listen to that. I'm telling you. And so, so we have to learn, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's go back to this just for a second. He looks like, who does he look like? I've met about 120 people like him, and six of them are mean to me, and now it becomes a stronghold to where I'm just looking at people and judging them. Now i got a scowl on my face. I can't even smile at anybody because I'm judging everybody. Come on. There are things in your mind that become a stronghold that we have to break off. There are things that, you know, that, that you look or something, you, you, you know, anybody uh, ever smell something that reminds you of elementary school? You know? Good or bad? Man, I read a story where a lady, that she was starved as a child, and she would sneak downstairs about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and she would get a piece of light bread and seal it back up, and she'd make a ball out of it, and she'd cover up under the covers and eat that bread just like an apple, but she'd eat a little bite at a time because she was starving. When she became an adult, she couldn't buy bread because it brought up those old memories. She bought her kids hamburger buns. They served everything on hot dog and hamburger buns. It was a stronghold of bad memories. It made her cry every time she smelt bread, but she went after it and won the victory over it. Come on, there are strongholds that are set up. I mean, I've told like my grandmother put fear in me of storms. And I was in my 20s. I had to just walk out. I'm the, I, look, I'm a child of God. If lightning strikes me, I'm going to heaven. I am not going to be ducking and shucking and shivering and shaking from a storm. I'm telling you, there's some bad storms in Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. But you think about it, I am not going to live my life in fear. I'm going to face this. And God's going to help me. God's got our back. And what happens is we forget that and we try to do it on our own with our own intellect, our own thinking, how we feel. And your feelings can be wrong just like I look at him. And he didn't, he wasn't the one that was mean to me. He ain't even near my age. But that's a wrong stronghold that needs to be changed. And, we, and then we'll start, you know, equating different things. We got to get a hold of our mind. Are y'all with me? So you remember, it's selfish. 
and how we respond to our mind. We have to learn to control our mind, our emotion, our will. You know, they're all in the solical man. Your, the will, I will, how you respond, what I think, what I want is your will. Let's go to number two. The soul must submit to the spirit. So when you get saved, your, your spirit man was born again, you're excited about it, what does your soul do? Oh, man, I'm just going to bow down and let the Spirit lead now. Ah. Your soul's still fighting you. Your soul, you're, the way you think, still goes against the Word of God. You ever met anybody want to argue the Bible all the time? That's up here, trying to prove what they know. That's not in your spirit. That's up in here. I came in the work in the office, and the two secretaries said, we've been arguing about the Bible. I said, well, how many people come in here and got saved on this argument? That was my first response. And they go, well, nobody. I said, then why y'all arguing? You can have a different opinion. Well, they won't know what my opinion was. I said, my opinion don't count for nothing. I'll tell you what God says. That's what we have got to go to the Scripture and find out uh, what, and submit to it. So there are things that happen in the Old Testament. I want to show you something. There are things that happened in the Old Testament, and they happened in the flesh because they weren't born again. You with me? And there are examples of what happens in the Spirit. Anybody ever heard the, uh, uh, the story of uh, Jacob and Esau? Esau and Jake? Twins. And so in, uh, in Romans 9, 12, it, it tells you about them, and it says, The older shall serve the younger. The older child will serve the younger child. The older, the younger. And some of y'all in here are like, I knew my, my big brother's supposed to be serving me. No, 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 no. We're talking spiritual. Listen, when you got born again, your spirit, your solical man is older than your spirit. But the soul has to learn to serve the younger, the new birth, the newborn spirit on the inside of you. That's what that's really about. There's four principles, but that's the main one. That your, your, your soul command has to bow the knee to your spirit, but you have got to feed your spirit the Word of God to build it up. If you don't fill your spirit up and feed your spirit, it's going to remain a baby. You ever seen people? Christians throw a fit and... They're babies. Babies. That explains it. Why do they act like that? Because they're babies. But hallelujah, I know God. <laughs> they get religious. And so, so, in Ephesians 2, 1 says, we're dead in our trespasses and sins until we get born again. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. We must be born again, but yet we have got to feed our spirit, man, so that we can arise and live. Back to John 10, 10. Jesus said live. And so, so, so it's amazing. Uh, we must, how we, it's amazing how we feed our soul and starve our spirit. Oh, I have my show. Friends, you know, Andy Griffin. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Andy Griffin. I'm getting blasphemous now, ain't I? But it's solical. Gunsmoke. I'm going way back, y'all. I know. I don't know any new shows, okay? Get off me. 
<laughs> but we watch all these, these things and they feed our solical man and not our spirit. When we need to be putting on somebody preaching the word or we need to get in the word and we need to hear what the word has to say. We need to go back to what mama said and what grandma said and look in the word. And you know what? They were right. And we have got to live by the word of God. And, and so it's amazing that, that, that we need to feed ourselves. But you know, we start off every Sunday. You know how to feed yourself? With a confession. That's David's confession. How many of you know he had another one? He had several, but in Psalms 131 too, David talked to himself and he wasn't crazy. Learn to talk to yourself. What God says about you. Look, he says, he says, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. It's time to quiet your soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a wearied child is my soul within me. Uh-huh. I really want to bust off into that one, but let's, let's look at some stuff. We're going to come back to it. And, and 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2, Paul's talking to people and saying, I wish you were spiritual, but you're not there yet. So let me back up and give you some milk. Get the bottle out. Bottle milk. And brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but carnal, as to babes in Christ. He said, come on, I need you to grow up because I, I need you to know how to live this life. Babies don't know how to live this life. Two-year-olds don't know how to live this life. They don't just enough to get in trouble. Man, my oldest grandson, he's about three, and he took off walking in the mall. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm like, what is he doing? So I'm following behind him. I'm from here to that wall from him. And people see him, and they're like, I said, I got him. He never looked back. Not afraid of anything. Still going. I go the whole length of the mall, and I finally run and catch up with, where are you going? I'm, I'm just looking. <laughs> we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know what the Word says. But he says, and brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. Look at verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now, you still are not able. We got to do something to get able. Grow some teeth. Huh? Spiritual teeth. To eat some meat. And God's calling us to take the next level. Hebrew, he, level. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I fed you with milk. Oh, no, so Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Don't have it. I, I got it right here. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone. Have we read that one already? Nope. Teach you again the first principles, the oracles of God, but you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That, that is, uh, those who by reason of use... Reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When you feed your spirit, man, the Word of God, you, you start exercising. Is that thought godly or not? Then maybe I ought not say that. Is what's happened to me godly or not? Then maybe I ought to leave this. You see, it's the Word of God that helps you judge what's coming down the road. That's not God. Oh, here comes the blessing. 
Let me get in front of it. But if it's not God, I don't want any part of it. I'm going to get over here. I'm, gonna look, I'm looking for the blessing. Amen. And the Word of God helps me discern the blessing of God and go after the blessing. Come on, sickness is not a blessing. That's a lie. Poverty is not a blessing. That's a lie. Man, I was taught in the dark ages. That's thousands of years old. God wants you blessed. And it doesn't mean that people are going to give to you always. It means you're going to step up and God's going to put you in a place where he can pour out on you. Yeah. And so as we look at this, I just want to talk about being a baby just for a minute. And I'm not trying to pick anybody or anybody out. But being a baby, you can only have milk. You have to be weaned. I mean, I remember putting cereal in the bottle and cutting a little bit of the nipple a little bit bigger and start feeding them some cereal because I wanted them to sleep all night. That's a little selfish, wasn't it? But they needed to learn to eat some cereal. And then now we got the baby food. And, you know, you better wear something that you don't, want, you don't care about getting dirty because it's going to get dirty. Baby foods thrown, spears smashed. And then, you know, they start looking at what you're eating. But, but you know what? Weaning them off that bottle at night is trouble. That's where the pacifier comes from. Trying to wean them off that milk. God wants us to grow up and get off the milk of the word and start getting into the deeper things of God. He wants you to come alongside. And you know what? Your deeper things may not be my deeper things, and my deeper things may not be your deeper things, but you need to be pursuing we all have to pursue. I just don't feel that's my calling. Well, you know, it, it all follows. I like two categories. You're either a sender or you're a goer. And if you not feel like you're supposed to go, then you're supposed to believe God for money to send somebody. Uh-huh. If you don't feel like you're called to go, then you need to be believing God for money because he says he gives seed to the sower. He said that he will bless you to overflow where you can bless people. The, the, you know, the offerings today is, in, is talking about them, Paul, taking up an offering to help the poor and good, sending missionaries. Come on. We're supposed to be senders or goers. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. But you know what? A wean child throws fits. It's time to quit throwing fists. Hissy fits. Y'all know what a hissy fit is? A hissy fit's one that they're faking it. I was sitting, when was it, Friday night in a restaurant and this little boy, he was number five on the list. Two, three, four, five. He was about two and a half or three. Papa! Papa! And if something catches his eye, and he'd be. Papa! Papa! And then something else would catch his eye. He was working Papa. Huh? I'm like, Lordy be. I, anybody got kids ever walked out of the room when they were throwing a hissy fit and you go and hide and they, they get up and they're like, where is everybody? Ain't nobody here to hear this. I got to find somebody so they can hear this. I've been working on this for days. That's what a hissy fit is. It's fake. You know, Christians throw fake fits. I got to get off of that. Quit. Number three, the soul must die. Wait a minute. I got to have my soul because, you know, without a soul, I'm in trouble. You know, animals have a soul. You can train your dog, your cat. No, I don't know about your cat. But you can train, you can train your dog, your horse. Uh, but they all have a soul. And cats have a soul too. But they just get a little hard-headed. 
But, but guess what? You, God wants to do something with your soul. And it's not really he's wanting to kill your soul. He's wanting to kill the selfish thoughts. They need to die. There's some soul ties that your soulical man is tied to certain things like pornography. It needs to die. Or lust. It needs to die. Or, or whatever your soulical man's tied to, relationships, people. You know, man, that stuff needs to be broken off because it is no good. It's not a blessing in that. Man, I've seen too many people at different jobs or different places, and they had a soul tie with the opposite sex, and they end up leaving their wife for that person. That's what God wants to kill. Okay? Man, selfish thoughts and desires have got to go. Let me show you in Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. We, I've read this a thousand times, but I want to show you something in thir verse 13. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. How I many you know this Bible is alive? Amen. It's not just a history book. Amen. It's a living. The Holy Spirit's on these words. And it's alive. And so it's living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and it piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit. Because you know what? Your spirit man speaks to you. It sounds like your mind because it's your inner voice. You'd love to have God say, Brett. Yeah. Part the Red Sea. I'm like, really? That's you, Lord? But don't, how many of y'all ever argued with God? You knew it was the Lord telling you to go help somebody. All of us. Why don't we do that? Because our solo command says, oh, don't do that. That ain't God saying, don't do that. That's the devil. Don't do that. Don't help them. It'd be embarrassing. You don't want to embarrass us. That's embarrassing to my, to, and then your body gets in a Yeah, I mean, my hair's not even fixed. <laughs> That's the way we do. I haven't, I, I, ladies, I'm going to pick, I ain't got my makeup on. I don't have time. I'll do it tomorrow. And the Holy Spirit goes, go today. So, Pearson dividing the, the, the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts, thoughts, and the intent of the heart. Okay? What's in your spirit, man? What's in your solical man? Let's look at the next verse, and this is where it gets crazy. You know, the Greek is so much more. The Hebrew and the Greek is so much more powerful language in America. Our language, our English language is a mixed-up cultural language, and, and it's weak. Our words are weak because I love you and I love you and I love ice cream just like I love you. Wait a minute. I'm confused now. But there are different types of love. And the Greek has philios and agape, the God kind of love, and feeling love. I just feel like love for everybody today. That's feeling love. But in America, we don't just, you know, have a disclaimer. I'm not talking about the God kind of love. I'm talking about I love ice cream. And I love my cat. And I love winter. See how we do? We group it everything into one thing, but it's a little more powerful. But look at what this right here in verse 13. There is no creature hidden from his sight. God knows everything. But all things are naked and open. It's bared open. It's naked. And we think it's open to the eyes of him who we must give an account. We're going to give an account, right? No, we're going to get to heaven, but you know, it's, it's, when we get to heaven, the Christian, the account you're going to give up is what you should have, could have done. You're going to have it played out before you. You could have did this. You could have had that. You could have done this. We've got to start stepping into that. 
But look, look what, that word open right there is a poor translation. And it gets kind of ugly. So I'm going to give you a, it's R-rated here, okay? Yeah, because it's talking about killing. And the Greek word is trachelizo. Trach, lizo, which is a military term, or a, and it's a military term. And it says to bend back the neck of the victim to be slain. God wants to kill all those thoughts that are fleshly, that are destroying you, the soul ties that you have. He's talking about discerning the thought and the intent of the heart. God wants that open. He wants to cut it off. He wants you to get rid of it. But you know what? If you don't get rid of it, if you don't get in agreement with it, you run back to it. Oh, oh, the very thing that's killing you. Oh, look, 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 this is my, you ever had somebody do a recital? This is my liver, disease, this is my heart, this is my lung. Wait a minute, what does the word say? That Jesus bore our sickness and infirmities. Come on, see, wait a minute, not what the doctor said, and I like doctors and I go to them, but you know what, they tell me what I need to put the word on. Jesus is the balm of Gilead, he's the salve. Come on, if I got something here, Jesus, I thank you that you're the sad that heals me. I'm going to get in agreement that God, the doctor wants me well and Jesus wants me well too. Amen. So I'm gonna take, if, if I got to take medicine, I'm taking it in Jesus' name. Come on, because God wants me well. And all these side effects, no, but I'm going to get healed in Jesus' name. I don't have to take this medicine for all the rest of my life. Come on, but we get in the mindset, well, it's permanent. It's permanent. It's not a tattoo. What can wash away my sin, my sickness, my poverty, my lack? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on. Jesus came to set us free. And, and here's where it's got to start. And once it starts in here, then it starts starting with our body. See, the Bible says to receive, receive. It says to believe, and then you'll receive. We're waiting on when I get it, I, I can testify I got it. No, you need to be mumbling to yourself, I got it right now. Amen. I've got it. My mind's free, my body's clear, and I am pursuing the things of God. Amen. And you hadn't picked up your Bible in two years, but today is the day I'm going to start. Today I'm starting. Today I'm killing these old thoughts. I'm putting them rest. I'm putting them under and it's time I start living by the Word of God. In Matthew 16, 24, we're going to run through these pretty quick. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, Deny yourself, thoughts, come after me. Take up your cross. Take up your cross. I'm going to sing that. Luke 9, 23. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Well, I took up my cross last week. Daily put your flesh down. Daily stop your thoughts. Daily. Oh, man, that's why we, that's why we stumble. You know, I get, I get frustrated and tired because I have burnt myself out and I am not living on the word that I read yesterday. But every one of us are going to go eat lunch today, aren't we? Unless you call it a fast, but I doubt it. 
You need to fast morning and lunch at least once a week for your health. I'm not even talking spiritual, but that'll help you spiritually. But my point is, is we got to get into the Word, and we have got to change, and we have to fast. See, every day, daily we need the Word. Amen? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, put it up there, I affirm the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus, so I die daily. Paul said, I got to die daily. I got to do what God wants daily. I can't do what I want every day. Do you know God will release you to do some things? He wants you to go fishing. He wants you to go to the beach. Well, I can't afford to go to the beach. Start believing God because he wants you to go. Come on. Well, hallelujah, I got to be religious, and we don't do vacations because we serve God. You better take some a Sabbath. That's religion, isn't it? So we're going to end it with this, and we'll show you James 1 and 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. How many like me when you was a kid, you read that, save my soul. I need to get saved. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. But let's back it up just for a minute. Therefore, lay all filthiness. Filthiness starts up here. How about wickedness? Starts up here. And he's talking to Christians. And receive with meekness the word of God, which is able to save or make your solical man whole. Salvation means wholeness. They're going to heaven, but their souls aren't right. People want to judge you. By, they'll judge people. They don't, well, they, they wasn't saved because I know they had a beer every now and then. They weren't saved because they smoked them old camels with no filter, and they, they weren't saved. Man, I knew a man they judged like that. One, man said, one pastor said, I ain't doing his funeral. I know he went to hell. I don't even want to talk to him. I'm like, I'll talk to him. I'm the one I made sure he was saved. I know the pastor that led him to Jesus. He's the same one that led me to Jesus. But many years later, he was in his 60s, and he got saved. But they judged him by his life. Well, that son of a gun would knock you out if you mouthed off at him. He was one of them whiskey drinkers, camel smokers, and all that. And knock you out, but he changed. I had some serious conversations with him about Jesus. You can't judge people by their past. You judge what you know it's in God's done in their heart. And everybody's solical man needs to be renewed. It needs to be changed. We need to renew our mind. And so it's the it's the word of God that changes us. Our spirits, if you want to write this down, our spirits have been made whole. That's the finished work of grace. Our spirits have been made whole. Next, our souls are being made whole. Because what you had the victory over last year, it's going to come back. Don't you open that door. That's the progressive work of grace. And our bodies will be made whole. Because our bodies are under the curse that's in this earth. And you get older and older every day and stuff starts changing, this and that and the other. But we will be, and that's the future work of grace. We get to heaven. Everybody that went to heaven before you can outrun you. They're faster than you. They look better than you because they're perfect in Jesus. Amen. They're, they are in heaven what God created them to be and, and without any ill effects of the curse. Isn't that cool? So. 
Mr. Jimmy over here gave me a scripture, Matthew 12, 20. And it says, a bruised reed will not be broken. And if I, you felt like maybe you, you bruised me a little bit, Pastor. No, no. God's not going to break you. God's trying to heal you. God wants to straighten you up that you may be like a, a, a reed blowing in the wind. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what the answer is. All up in here. But God wants to steady you. He's not going to let you get broke. He wants to lead you and start guiding you into, into his godliness, into his righteousness, into his truth. Come on. Will you, so, so will you let him do that? That's what I'm asking today. Don't you bow your head just for a second. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? You say, well, I hadn't even been paying attention. Well, just that's good. Be honest with God. Because what's the Holy Spirit? That's who's talking to you. And that's not me. And he's the one who matters. What's he saying to you? Is he saying, fear not? Peace be still? Is he saying, take that step? He's saying, run that race? I don't know, Pat. Come on, start developing. Start seeing. Start looking for it. What's the Holy Spirit saying that that he's wanting you to do and you've let your mind or your soul of command talk you out of it. I can't do that. Come on. God's calling you up. Pastor Tim started it off. He's calling us up to the next level. Well, the first step, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you give him your heart? Will you receive the life that he came to give on the inside of you? If that's you, will you lift your hand today? Say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Anybody, come on, if you, if you ever have doubts about you, I see that hand. If you ever have doubts about your salvation, come talk to me. Need the power of God. Maybe you're here and you just, you know what? You've let your mind run away. Maybe God's dealing with you about that. Come on. Change your mind. That's called repentance. You can change your mind. Start feeding on the Word of God. If you're making a commitment today, start feeding on the Word of God. Come on, wave at me. All right. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the victory that's in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of changed minds and hearts. Thank you for the living Word of God that changes us, Lord God, and we give you the victory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.